Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Hey, hey. Come hey. on. Every time I hear this song, I just love it. And I tell the story all the time that she had no idea. This was not a coming out song for her. At all. This had nothing to do with our community at all. But the queer community embraced it so wholeheartedly that Diana Ross became an icon because of the song to us. And to this day, it's now become a gay anthem, which yes, I love. Has. Love. Whereas Lady Gaga, born this way, was for us. I'm just letting you know. Just letting you know. Amen. How about this article? This is really interesting. So gay people who come out later in life face a unique set of obstacles. Now, Americans are coming out at younger ages than ever before, which is fantastic. But also, many from older generations who waited till much later in life uh, some decades after marriage have come out of the closet, um, and it really leads to some interesting conversations, right? So there's this one couple who were married for many, many years, Brad and Cindy Marler, uh, and one day they finally had a real open, honest conversation. Turns out they're both gay. Oh, my God. That's amazing. But I think that's actually more common than you realize because there is something there's something about you that I'm attracted to as a human being. I don't want to have sex with you. So get that out of your head right now, Michaela. You're in love with me. Get into it. Um, but there's something about you that feels safe. We have mm. some very similar experiences growing up, but also as two queer people, there's something about you that feels safe. I love that. And I love that. And I, I feel seen around you in a Good. way that I don't feel seen around my own sister, who's very straight. Well, right? I love that. And I do. I appreciate that. And I feel that way about you as well. But I think it makes sense, though, that sometimes, you know, a gay guy and a lesbian woman could end up together in an era where it wasn't acceptable to be anything other than straight. Totally. I mean, in 1989 is when they got married. And that was, like, Mm. not the time to come out. And I think that, you know, it's like you said, sometimes being bonded to somebody has nothing to do with the sexual or intimacy of it all. It really is just something that bonds you. And you don't know what it is. And maybe for them it was. They both realized later on that they were gay and they were both hiding it and they were both spending their time together and I think that that's something that's happening more now uh, and they continue to stay best friends I mean they've shared an entire life together they're both sitting here in 2021 in Cindy's apartment holding their wedding album yes well okay look at this photo of the two of them though is this strange this might get me into some trouble but I can tell they're both gay. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Like, Absolutely. I feel like so often as a queer person, you can t- clock somebody in a, two seconds. There's something about a gay man and a gay woman. That you know right away. That that not everybody. I don't know that you would necessarily send off signals for me necessarily. You know what? Maybe you'll notice this though. So this is funny. When I used to do stand because people do. They are surprised when I say that I'm gay. Mm-hmm. 
But I would do, there's a stage presence I have. When I'm on stage, when particularly I'm doing stand-up. And when I did stand-up, I was asked a lot if I was a lesbian. Mm. And I don't know what the energy was. I don't know what it was. But it's like an energetic, it's like an mm. energy thing. It's not even how they look necessarily. Yep. It's just you pick up this vibe immediately. I think it's got to be so interesting to be, because I'm right there in the middle. I'm 41. So like, it wasn't easy for me to come out. I'm still going to therapy about it. And I've been out for 21 years, right? But to be 50, 60, 70 years old right now, 80 years old, and that was a different world. Yeah. And to see these kids now who are coming out at age 12, 13, 14, 15, and to see the experience they're having, how different that is, how they're growing up in a world where where marriage equality is just a given, you know, when that generation before us maybe never thought it could be a possibility. Yeah. And so to 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 imagine the countless number of men and women who are in the closet, who are in their 70s and 80s or you know whatever, who are finally for the first time in their lives able to freely express themselves. Do you know how damaging that is? Yeah. How 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 much there is to unpack. Well, and I think it's also I had therapy yesterday and my therapist said, "You know, you're in you're doing much better than you think because you're 33 years old. I oftentimes don't get people until they're like 50 or 60. And then they mm. finally come and sit down. Yeah. And they say, okay, I think there's a problem here. And she said, you know, oftentimes their regret is they wish they would have come sooner. Yep. Not that they don't still have a full life to live. I'll tell you, people But they don't could understand. have made it easier for themselves. They don't understand therapy. Yeah. My mom is probably 10, 15 years ago now. Yeah, probably 10 or 12 years ago. She... uh we, gosh, we were in, gosh, yeah, it was at least that long ago because we were in Telluride, Colorado for a ski trip. My ex and I, who you know, and then we invited our parents. We got this free trip given to us. It was incredible. And we set mom up with a massage and she went in just to meet the masseuse because my mom's a little thick, right? And she just wanted to feel comfortable with the masseuse. So she wanted to meet her ahead of time. Yeah. And I'm like, mom, you're going to love it. You never had a real massage like this. You're going to love it. It's going to be incredible. She's like, well, I don't know. I don't know about somebody touching me. It's a little bit weird right? I'm like, okay, I get that. We can go meet her. Let's go meet her. So she walks in, opens up to her within 20 seconds, starts bawling her eyes out to this woman. I'm like, mom, she's not a therapist. And she's like, I got you. Don't worry. And she took great care of my mom. I said, mom, maybe you should consider therapy. Maybe you should look into it. Yeah. We fought that fight for years. She finally got a life coach for one session, one session, Never one again. Yeah. That generation, they don't talk about their emotions. But listen, also, therapy sucks, and it's really hard. so hard. And if you're really doing it right, you are beating your head against the wall. I I was challenged to do something yesterday by my therapist that I absolutely did not want to do. And what made it worse is the universe provided the opportunity to do Mm -hmm. that thing I didn't want to do right after therapy. And I did it because I owed it to myself. So real. I hate it. I, 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 I think every week that I go through therapy or my fiance goes through his therapy, I think, oh, this is it. We're not going to get married. We're on. We're done. Oh, and then yeah. And then it gets better. And then it gets so much better. So much better. I love it. I do love therapy. I love you, Irina, if you're listening, but you're not. And if, you, and if you're listening and you're still in the closet, you're still navigating that, we, we love you. Yeah. There is no wrong or right time to be yourself. Uh, we just hope you find your way your th- way there. Absolutely. Wow, that was really touching. The way I didn't get that out. I I felt that. Sorry. I understand what you're saying, honey. All right. So one of the great things about uh, Pride Month and about just being a part of our community is our love of music. Oh my God. There's I can be anywhere. Mm-hmm. And when you hear a good tune, mm-hmm. you're like I'm step. I, I got to dance. Absolutely. A certain a certain queen comes on, whether it's Gloria Gaynor, 
mm. Beyonce, Whitney Houston, Diana Ross, Barbara, all of them. They come on and it's like we, you just know whether you're at a gay bar or not. All of a sudden, you can just glance across the room. You know who your allies are, and you know who your brothers and sisters are, it's right? True. Which is why this list, released by, mm, let's just say a competitor, okay? Shall we call them that? Somebody, another what? radio station, trying to come up on us. Uh, well, it doesn't feel like there's much competition with yeah, this list. They don't really know music apparently because their list of their top twenty Pride anthems of all time has us gagged, gagged. and not in a good way. No! Okay, so let's just preface this by saying that this list has Diana Ross's I'm Coming Out. Okay. As number 14. Throw the list out. Okay, so that right there is a disqualifier. Yeah, it already the list they is lost trash. me there. They lost me there. Also, they made Spice Up Your Life, Spice Girls, top five. Top five. No. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm a Spice Girl I for love, life. You know, but yep. it's nothing to do. Nope. That's not going to override. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to override number 18's I Want to Dance with Somebody. <laughs> right? You, like, that would never happen. Okay, so my here's my thing. Okay, the only song in this top five, top five that I agree with wholeheartedly that I actually think should be higher than where it is currently at number four uh, is this song that Joe know and love. Come on. Absolutely. Okay, so for Absolutely. me, for me, there's no way you replace Diana Ross if I'm coming out. Just the title alone. Right. It was not her necessarily coming out as gay, it's, but she knows that she, her fans, she's talked about this. She's like, I love my fans. Okay, but how are you going to tell me that number seven on the list isn't top two, especially with how it's made a comeback? Madonna's Vogue? I mean, that's, that's, this one's tricky to me because when it came out, Madonna got all the credit for Voguing. Right. Yet voguing had been happening with our, she stole it from our the trans massage. brothers and sisters and our, and our black brothers and sisters all in the ballroom scene forever. Right. But when so, you hear that song, yes. you're gay. I Absolutely. I, I get it. It's a top five for me. Yeah. Lady Gaga's a top five. But this one is definitely not. Uh, coming in at number three, Tragedy? Not really. A- tragedy. This is a tragedy. That's yeah. number I mean, three. Listen, it's a fun bop. It's like takes me back to like the disco era, which is fun, but I wouldn't I wouldn't equate it with Yeah, I'm not gonna go to the Abbey anthem. and be like throwing myself around to this song. No. Um and then number two Another weird one. A weird one. It's like slow, it's like after a night of dancing, now you're crying. Christina Aguilera's yeah. beautiful. beautiful. Number two. Two? Also, it's not just like an LGBTQ anthem. It's like for everybody, like women and men and body positivity. I mean, we are the most beautiful humans. We are the most beautiful, but this feels like I'm not going to go to a pride parade and hear that as I'm marching down again. I'll I'll tell you this much. I'd like to erase this entire list, but I'd like to erase number one uh, by erasure right now. Come on. Also, a great song. But a pride anthem? Honestly, I'm 33, and I feel like I'm pretty versed on music. Sure. I've never gone to a pride and started bopping to this song. Maybe it's an age thing, but to me, this is not number one. But also, like, I look at, like, YMCA. Yeah. Not on the top 20. Come on. Uh, it's Raining Men. It's number on 16. There. Yeah. Also, got to give some credit where credit's due, and this is a more recent one. But you need to calm down by Taylor Swift. A 
thousand percent. The video alone should put it in the top but five. But also, even Todrick. Yes. Todrick, Nails, hair, hips, heels. Yes. I feel like this list is a Todrick could have three mistaken. or four songs on a this thousand, list. Well, listen, Femulin, his new album that's getting ready to be released. Oh, Feminine and Masculine? Femulin. It's incredible. Gosh, he is genius. <laughs> and whoever was making up this list was smoking something. I know. I would never. Wild. If you play this playlist at a Pride, honey, count what's, me what's out. What's the song that regardless of the location, the time of year, whether it's Pride Month or not, that just makes you move? Is there a song that just... I actually gets... think I want to dance with somebody. Yeah. Whitney Houston. Like, it, I can sing it. I can dance to it. I love it. It's a classic. You can't touch Whitney. Yeah. I feel like forever it's that song for me. I go bonkers for um, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights by Meatloaf. <laughs> Bad Out of Hell 2, I think, maybe. Oh, no, my God. Is it the first one? First one. I okay. thought we were doing gay songs. It, You're not going to play Meatloaf that felt at the very, happy. very gay to me. No, it did. What is it? And I can do anything for love. No, that's love. a different song, Michaela. Paradise by the Dashboard Lights How does that is go? Th- basically, uh, it's it's a man and a woman hooking up, having some sex. So sing it so I know. I listen to the whole first tape. Bass, second bass, third bass. And then oh. the climax happens. So for me, Perfect. listening to the yeah, listening to the male voice when I was younger was like, yeah, come on. Even though meatloaf literally looks like a human meatloaf, he does. Not attractive. My dad. Oh, this is good. Happened only yesterday. This okay. So this is my family's song. Your not family's song is about inside. slowly Parking climaxing. By the, yeah, I know it's really weird. I'm from Ohio. Your family is about so going from tell, stage one I will tell into you a hookup to the full climax. So listen to this. This is my parents' song. Okay. And so there was a moment they got married on the lake in our backyard when we were little kids. We were all in the wedding, so my parents were divorced and re- whatever. And so as and my my cousin Tommy was the DJ on the balcony. This is an iconic moment, right? And we're all wearing matching jam pants, orange. Orange, white, and black were my mother's wedding colors. <laughs> Mama Kath, why would you choose that Halloween theme? I know, and my grandmother wore emerald green. You probably loved it because you love Halloween. She I will, wore emerald green? Yes, I'll tell you, know, yes, emerald I know, emerald my green's favorite. your thing. So I'll tell you this, though. So they had it set up, and this is kind of an iconic moment in our family's history. And the moment they said, you may kiss the bride, the DJ, my cousin Tommy, <laughs> cranked up such... the music from the balcony to the point in the song where it says, stop right there, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Now. Do you Do love me? Kiss? Will you love me forever? Do you need me? Will you never leave me? Will you make right. me so happy for the rest of my life? Will you take me away? Will you make me yeah, your wife? We, okay. So that's the song. So that's the part. But did they stop right there when so, Me yes, Love Scream stopped right there? He dipped her, he kissed, and we all jumped up out of our chairs and started dancing like maniacs. I ran to the bathroom and started crying and locked myself in there for an hour because my mom had a different last name mm. than me at that moment. So that was a different that sort was of tough trauma that I unpacked in therapy years later. However... That's the song that makes me... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerd. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? Nerd Wallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. We're going to take a moment to just step aside, take a breather from the political talk for just a bit, because there's something going on in Queens, New York. What? Uh, in the, the borough of Queens right now that is uh, it, it's terrorizing people, and this could happen in cities and towns across the country. So I think it's really important that we bring light to this. Um, people in Queens, they're afraid to leave their homes right now. Um, it's, well, the attacks have been apparently like very random. Mm-hmm. They don't know when it's going to happen. It's, Nobody it, can seem to control it. Well, these attacks started over the last few weeks, um, and they've been completely compared um to like an mma cage fight and and these people are just they're at their wits end right now they're scared uh, for their safety they are afraid to leave their homes we've got some audio for you we want to share uh because again we want to keep you safe keep you informed absolutely Um, listen to this one woman she says something's going on they have been randomly attacking people Uh, attacking is anywhere from jumping onto them to scratching and biting aggressively can you imagine like being something jumping, jumping on, on you, you and scratching you and attacking you? you? That's right. What and, is this? Well, the, the attack on people. Uh, this other person has another explanation. There's definitely something going on. I'm not sure what it is or why it's happening. Um, my bet is that they're ill. That there's something that's gotten into them. Okay, so, so mental illness? Or? Yeah, I don't know. Or is this like is this like a new a new strain of COVID? Is this like a zombie yeah, apocalypse that's situation? Making this happen? Uh, yeah, you would think so. Uh, no, turns out uh, we're talking about squirrels. <laughs> Squirrels, squirrels attacking people in Queens, New Snow York. Snow White never had a deal with this. No, they just what sang to her. What are you talking her. about? They collected nuts they and made... They loved her. Mm-hmm. Not Queens. As if we haven't dealt with enough, these squirrels. Yeah. Ma'am, I will bite a squirrel back. Honey, their first cousins made a dress for Cinderella and things turned out okay. perfectly. I'll tell you something. Talking about biting back. I don't know that mice are really back. cousins to squirrels. My, when, my, <laughs> uh, when my papa was little, a dog bit him. And so my uncle, his brother, was so mad, he bit the dog back. Wait, what? Yeah, that's uh, how. Where that did you grow were up? Little, <laughs> listen, in we're Vegas? <laughs> no, it was. It was <laughs> bit the dog back and made a meatball out of him. Yeah, they did. Wow. Man, I will bite a squirrel back. Don't even try well, these, it. But these residents are really actually scared, and we've seen some footage. This one woman well, she's had like bleeding, bleeding down her arm, aggressive bleeding, just blood everywhere. And this has been going on for a minute. And apparently, the city's not taking it very seriously. My last call with three one one was pretty frustrating because I understand at this point that the city does not consider them rabid um but what if there's something else because if you watch our videos or even listen to the accounts of the residents in the neighborhood who have gotten attacked there's nothing about this behavior that is provoked okay. first of all 311 <laughs> you call 911 at this point if something's yes. attacking me i'm not going to your regular well, police station well one I'm calling woman an ambulance one woman says going after her husband twice said he gra- basically grabbed and then also attacked her grabbed onto the plastic bag she had tried to climb a bag tried to climb up her leg i was so uh, i was able to shoo them off the first time the second time though was right here tried to, and there's literally there's a photo of just blood covered snow 
from this attack. These attacks are happening pretty regularly in Queens, New York. Yeah, but how are they not taking this seriously? I don't. Well, I, well, here's the thing. In the midst of a global pandemic, we talked about this just That's yesterday. True. I mean, they're not even sending uh, EMTs out to some some like responders um, here in Los Angeles. They're not responding to some things now because they're not necessary. Look, I'll because say this they're then. trying to keep people from dying of you know COVID. What? I'm going to take it back. I'm going to roll this whole segment back. Uh-oh. I'm actually rolling everything I said back. Those squirrels are the answer to end COVID. No one can leave their house. Now Everyone's terrified That's... to get bit. <laughs> Nobody is leaving. Ugh. They're actually the heroes. Well, just... That's why 911 isn't coming. They're like, right? stay in your home. They're finally, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe it was Governor Cuomo who finally did this and was like, listen. This is this is a trick. We've got we these squirrels and queens squirrels. that are pretty wild. Yeah. So you're saying there's a New York squirrel squad out there? Of course yes. there is. Just to clarify, though, the CDC has said that they've uh, that that most small rodents like squirrels are almost never found to have rabies. So get that get that out of your head if that's what you're thinking. But still, I don't want to be attacked by a squirrel. Listen. I don't want that thing to bite me. Squirrels, 2021. Honestly, first Georgia, and now this. Murder hornets, Georgia, squirrels. Yeah. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> Well, I sort of love this song. Haven't heard it in a while. I love this song. Who let your dogs out? Um, hopefully Lisa. Hopefully Lisa. She's doing her job right so now. So they don't pee in the living room. Yeah. Listen, I, you know, we did. I have to say this about this song. We just did a really great uh, piece on teachers and, like, the importance of teachers that we've had. And my cheerleading coach, Mrs. Larson, she... Uh, Loved me so much. And Zara, she made me feel, Zara Larson? It was Zara Larson. Actually, Bri- that was my truly Brie Larson? Coach. It was her sister. <laughs> they were in like the same school, but different classes. Their family, sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and she created this whole uh, choreography to Who Let the Dogs Out. And it was like, we never, th- we thought we were so cool with this choreography. And then she let me stand right in front in the middle. And she was like, you're great. And I was like... Thanks, Were there Larson. actual dogs involved in the choreography? No, but now I want to go home and blast it and let Seems, Rocco yeah. do zoomies. Seems like you missed an opportunity there. I, I did. <laughs> and according to Ross McCammon, the author of Works Well with Others, in his new book, he talks about um, how to know who you can trust in your life. And there are a couple of categories, right? There's like that friend, and then there's like the friend friend, right? The friend is like an acquaintance. It's a colleague. The friend friend is a Michaela Gordon. So yeah. here's here's how you know the difference. You have to ask yourself, according to Ross, two questions. One, would I have two beers with this person? Not one beer, two. Okay. Or we can just say drinks. Is it for like sobriety reasons? Like you want to see what somebody gets like tipsy? No, I think, it, I think the first one, you have one drink with somebody, you're being kind and polite. Right, I went yeah. on a first date one time. I had one drink with somebody. And I was just trying to get through that glass of Sauvignon Blanc okay. so I could run home. Okay, it was terrible. Okay, he wanted a second drink. I said no, thank you. I said no, thank it you. It was awful, <laughs> and he was having the time of his life. So this is awkward, right? Mm-hmm. But if you get to a second drink, that means you enjoy somebody's company, right? Yeah, you enjoy their company. They're funny. You're having a kiki. It doesn't necessarily mean though. That they're like a friend friend. Yeah, you're just enjoying drinks out together. Because that's where the second question comes into play. If somebody's going to go from that category, I'll have two drinks with them, to the friend friend category, you have to ask yourself, would I allow this person to look after my puppy over a weekend? That's real. Because we have okay, we have, we have a great group of friends, but there are only a handful of people, you being one of them, that we've trusted our dog with. 
I'll be honest, more so Lisa than you. I hear that. You're kind of like one of the kids. I hear that. You play I'm and like scream. I'm like down on the ground and, with them, and then yes. Lisa does the big stuff. Uh, but we trust you. We trust my cousin Lindy, my cousin Matt, and our friend Alana. Listen, that's a big deal. We feel the same way. Yes, it's my son. And especially with Bruno, our dog, he needs specific medicine because he's sick. So the attention has to be so, um, like, so good. You have to be such a such a good type of friend. I totally hear that. And, and I do. I think it really... I used to have a lot of friends. I used to have so many friends. I just had this conversation with Lisa the other day. And then I started realizing that I didn't want a lot of friends. I wanted like that's three real. Friends. That's real. But that was not always the order. Me. You get the, the yep. I was like, I need a million, and then I was like, okay, I need two. No, you need two million followers and two real friends. Yes. Well, this book goes on to say there are people who are yes and no, meaning they're great to speak to, but you don't really trust them when it comes to important tasks. They're like the fun Kiki friend. Okay. We all have that friend. Yep. And then on the flip side, there are people that are no yeses. They might be kind of boring and uninspiring, but you would trust them with your puppy's life. I have a friend like that back home in Ohio. I knew you were going to say that. Her name's Michelle. Michelle. Love her to death. I know. She, I would trust her with anything. She is one of the most boring human beings I've ever met in my life, but I've known her since my freshman year of college. Yeah. My best friend, my first, first person I met, she bores me to tears, but I would literally say, I will sign over my life to you and you can make all my decisions for me if I'm in the hospital. Right? Yeah. So she's that person. Don't want to hang out and go drinking with her, though. I don't think she drinks anyways. <laughs> then there are the yes, yes friends. If you can kiki with somebody and trust them with your puppy, they're keepers. Yes. In every area of your life. I love that. Do you know what I mean? No, I think that's really special. Not a lot of, I, I, we definitely, I definitely have a lot of kiki friends. Yes. That you catch up with, you see them, you're like, oh, yes. that's so, so fun. Yes. But also don't get it twisted because when I was younger, I think I probably let more people think they were my good friend than was actually accurate. Hello. And in my heart of hearts, I have a half a dozen close friends in the world. Yeah. Everybody else is a kiki. Yeah. That's it. Uh, Listen, I totally agree because I think the person that, again, something that I'm learning that's just beneficial to me if it helps anybody else is that I've had to have like tough conversations with friends over the past couple of months, just in like my own therapy and my own growth. Wait, is that why you scheduled that meeting with me over Zoom? <laughs> yeah. You want to do this from Zoom? Yeah, we're okay. doing cocktails in Zoom with our puppies. <laughs> and once you find the yes, yes friends, I think then you have to start having like really hard conversations, maybe mm. that are like hard for you. And if you can like get through that, yep. then it's like... Oh my gosh, it does. It like strengthens you and it deepens you. And and with the yes, yes friends, I think it's so worth putting in all that work. But I think that's why you can only have two to three friends. Well, because the no Cause yes. it takes a lot of yes, work. Yes, because the no yes friends and the yes no friends can't handle those conversations. No, no. And then if they, if, if you have yes yeses, take care of the yes yeses. Yes, yes. Or the yes yeses. Okay, coming up. I loved that quiz. I have cyber sex on the internet. And this would be the non-judgment part? My name is Rick Nine Plus. No, you didn't. <laughs> Rick Nine Plus, how sad is that? Actually, I think it shows a great deal of restraint. You could have been Rick Eleven. This is so sad. This is really interesting. We're talking about Willie Garson, who played played Stanford Blatch on Sex and the City, uh, and then also the reboot, which is still filming now for HBO Max, and just like that. Uh, such an iconic role. Uh, a gay character really sort of changed the way uh, we looked at the gay best friend on television, right? He was sassy in moments, but he was sweet. 
and he was tender. And he wasn't the Mario Cantone, right? Or the Jack McFarlane. Yes. The mean, sharp-tongued, witty, gay sidekick. He Mm -hmm. wasn't that. Mm -hmm. He had those moments, but there was also more depth to him and more breadth to him. Yes. Interesting, though, that uh, Willie Garson, very much a straight man. And I never knew that. And apparently, uh, he made the choice to sort of just not really be very public with his private life, largely in part to the fact that he was playing such an iconic role on Sex and the City, which was a massive show at the mm-hmm. time, right? Uh, and still has fans around the world, millions of fans, myself included. Um, so it's interesting. And it brings up this conversation where where do we draw the line? When did it switch? Because we've been talking a lot about certain actors are saying, like Billy Porter said recently, um, I will never play a straight character again for as long as I live. Yeah. I will only play queer roles. Uh-huh. And some say only queer actors should play queer roles. And then we have talked at length on this show about, you know, okay, if we're saying that, are we also then okay with only straight actors playing straight roles? And that's where it gets a little bit dicey. Well, here I have a lot of a lot of opinions as I usually do. This is what, twenty years ago? Like it wasn't the same like it is today. Today we're saying we need that queer representation. Sure. 20 years ago, we weren't having those conversations, mm-hmm. and I think that he did a, an amazing job well, th- depicting a gay Yeah, male. I think we were saying we needed the representation of queer characters, but, we didn't but not say they played by queer actors. Right, yeah. and actually, the conversation 20 years ago probably would have been, well, that's the art of acting. Yep. You're playing something well, that you're not. And also, on the heels of the 10th anniversary of the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, uh-huh. you kind of took what you could get at the time. Right. And at the time... At least having some queer representation, even if it was played by a straight actor on a screen, was sort of enough. was a huge step forward, yeah. right? And which is kind of how we accepted "Don't Ask, Don't Tell." Well, at least they can stay in the military as long as they stay quiet. Another iconic character comes to mind: The Devil Wears Prada. Remember Stanley Tucci? Yeah. Take oh, a yeah. listen. Yeah. Come, yeah. She's on her way. Tell everyone. Not supposed to be here until nine. Her driver just text message and her facial is ruptured a disc. God, these people. Yeah. That I can't even talk about. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Gird your loins. Gird your loins. Listen, I think it's very funny. I also think this, um, and this may come off as sounding privileged, and uh, and I can and I can take that. I think what we're seeing now, too, is that we are so set on giving diverse and queer representation and making sure that people that never had a voice are able to uh, be in film and television and they should. We're watching people who still also want to audition for roles and do things not get them simply because they don't have enough tattoos. Like it feels like it's almost gone to an extreme now. Do you know what right. I'm saying? Well, I think we're, we're finding what we're comfortable with, like the sort of leveling off. Um, and in, in Stanford Blatch's case, you know, just being on a show that debuted in 1998, by the way. God, was that it? Sweet and subtle and openly gay. Season two, episode 12 was sort of an iconic moment for his character. He went to an underwear only cruise bar to meet a guy. Now, if you're not from the community or if you're of a certain age, that might seem kind of crazy to you. That yeah. might seem like it's unrealistic. But for those in the know, it's a pretty accurate portrayal 
of a gay sex venue. And in his experience, the way he portrayed that character was very sweet and very sex positive. And this is way before sex positive was really a thing. You know, Kim Cattrall, and I wish she were on the reboot, and she is not. Samantha Jones is not going to be part of the new reboot. But what she did for not just women, and I think for gay men as well, with her sex positive sort of approach uh, to dating in that era still holds true today and it's actually more common today than it was then so mm-hmm. so his character was part of that revolution and i don't know that i believe that queer roles should only be played by queer actors i don't know that i'm fully on board with that no i've I never think, been i think that if you're playing um for instance harvey milk i love sean penn's depiction but i wish a queer actor would have played that role because Harvey Milk is a a real person. Now, characters that are created and made up, a little more leeway there. But I do have a hard time seeing straight actors play iconic gay leaders and thought think like provokers that have actually passed on. It's a little different for me. Maybe. I feel like Hilary Swank played a real role of a uh, trans man uh, in Boys Don't Cry. Um, and I thought she depicted it perfectly, beautifully. It actually changed. Uh, it was one of the first representations that I had that I was like, oh, I'm such a lesbian. I think that the bigger thing is that we just have everybody auditioning for the role and whoever plays it best gets the role. I don't really care about your sexual identity. Yeah. I just want you to be the best for the role. And, and there needs to be representation throughout then. So if we are going to take that approach, because what happens if you take that approach and only that approach, I think, is you leave yourself open to nobody in front of or behind camera. Because it's not just about the lead actor. There are a gajillion other actors on set, and people behind the scenes need to be queer, too. In the writer's rooms, I think sometimes... That's where I agree with you. I think a, a straight character, a straight actor can play a gay character, yeah. but there needs to be queer representation in the writer's room to tell that story, and that's probably why you related to Hilary Swank's portrayal. Because so it was bet so you, authentically I would written. bet you they actually had trans representation somewhere on that film. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I feel like representation is important all across the board, but I do think that it's limiting when you're like, only a gay person can play a gay role, because it's... That I will come back and bite us. I'm That, I that so. worries me. Yeah, it does to me too. It's been After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh. Whoa. As we inch closer and closer to the holidays into 2022, it's hard to believe that 2021 is almost behind us. Oh I feel God. like many of us are still trying to wrap our brains around 2020. Yeah. Let alone 2021. Yes. Uh, but it is time to honor those we lost this year. That is DMX right there uh, up in here. Huge hit from back in the day. This was like my entire college experience. Oh, my God. I love DMX. But we lost so many so many big celebrities this, this year. And I think it's super important that we don't. Like look back with sadness, but with gratitude that you know that we we had their talents, that they shared their talents with us. You know, um, I've been sort of going off about the incredible, incredible feat that is the remake of West Side Story. Uh, Steven Spielberg did an incredible, incredible job, but uh, he couldn't have done what he did without the great, brilliant mind of Steven Sondheim. 
Uh, so let's remember him this year. We lost one of our greats. Yeah. Uh, you know I'm a huge fan of Broadway. I personally, Sondheim's greatest achievement for me was Into the Woods. Also, Stephen Sondheim was like in his 40s or 50s when he really took off, which is wild to think about. Which I love to hear. I know, as a 41-year-old who's still, you know, chasing some big dreams, gives me a lot of hope. Yeah, honey. Um, we also, uh, Cloris Leachman, one of my oh, favorite yeah, comedians. She's sort of up there with like the cast of Golden Girls, sort of in that era, one of those icons uh, that was so brilliant. Let's take a listen to her uh, in one of her more iconic roles. I am Frau Blucher. How do you do? I am Dr. Frankenstein. This is my assistant, Inga. May I present Frau Blucher? Oh my God, yes! She's so wild. I remember she was on Dance with the Stars years ago, and I just could not help. But she was a horrendous dancer, terrible. She was like in her 70s at the time. She was the oldest well, contestant yeah, she by far. Move, honey. Yeah, but I tell you what, her charm kept those votes coming in week after week because she's such a bright light. Well, I'll tell you something that I was really sad to hear about, and I felt he was really young, was Norm MacDonald uh, as yeah. the anchor of Saturday Night Live's Weekend Update. Uh, I feel like he really influenced me as a comedian and obviously so many others. He was also a really great comedic actor. Um, and he was battling cancer privately that nobody knew about. And I feel like that's sort that's of the story. theme. Yes. Is that people are getting these cancer uh, diagnoses and then... Uh, two, three years later, we, yep. we hear of them passing. But do you think that that's a better way to do it? Because I feel like sometimes the media gets all up in their business, wants to follow them everywhere well, they go. I think that it's tricky because we lost Chadwick Boseman last year, same situation. And was Virgil hiding. Abloh. Abloh, yeah. uh, of course, uh, the, the designer we lost. We also lost Greg Leakes, and his his battle was more public, yeah. and he was kind of private about parts of it because he went through a couple of different cancer battles. But uh, somebody else who kept their battle very, very secret up until the very, very end uh, was Willie Garson, who played Stanford Blatch on Sex and yeah. the City. He actually came back, I believe, for about three episodes of In Just Like That. Here, a couple of his co-hosts, or co-hosts, uh, co-star Cynthia Nixon and Kristen Davis talking about that experience. I mean, Willie was just a person who just lightened any situation that he was in and just would have you in stitches within, you know, a minute of, of coming into a conversation. Like, he was a person with incredible stories, like show business stories and stories about his own, you know, zany life and uh, his family that he comes from and the family that he created. Really, even, even being sick, which we didn't know about in the beginning, he still brought oh, so much joy. Always and, just and, had and us fun. laughing. And, and we were, I, I, you know, I think it's fair to say that, you know, we shot with him for a long time not knowing he was sick and then things got bad enough that we were informed. And so... I think we're also very grateful that we had a few days with him, knowing that he was sick and we could talk to him about it and he could talk to us about it. And that, I think, was a really important thing for all of us. You know, it's oh. so crazy because with Just Like That, I feel like so many people have been, have been such a fan of Sex and the City for so long. It's been a very emotional couple of first episodes with Samantha's departure, with the news sure. about Mr. Big, but also seeing his character seeing him, yeah. live, like, in the show, knowing that just months later he would pass. Well, it could be part of the reason that and Just Like That has already broken all sorts of records at HBO Max. Their numbers are through the roof, apparently. They're starting to reveal that now. And 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 what a legacy to leave, uh, to be a yes. part of that. And then we also have some sort of like icons in the business, uh, some some legends in their own right. We're talking Hal Holbrook. We're also talking Ed Asner, one of the greatest comedic talents of all time, right? And, and we lost them also this year. We also lost Siegfried. 
Oh my God! Yeah. Speaking yes. of Las Vegas, your hometown. That uh, was such a yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know it's really devastating. Oh, Mary Wilson from the Supremes. Yeah. You know it's so crazy. Her nephew, I had a residency with in Vegas. Um, his name was Malik, and he uh, was so incredible. I sang with Malik and Sky, and she used to come visit us often. And she was such a light. I mean, you felt like you were yeah. a- among royalty. Yeah. Uh, old school royalty. And I gotta give a personal shout out to Gunther. Gunther from Friends. Uh, that oh, was yeah. I mean, that was a sad. You know, he didn't get to fully take part in the reunion that they did over at HBO Max, the Friends reunion this year. Um, but just such an iconic role on a show that really sort of uh, it was part of my formative year. So many people, Friends was like the sitcom for them. So yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, right. James Michael Tyler, but I just call him Gunther. That's his character's name, James Michael Tyler, to be respectful. Yeah. Okay, so this next story is wild. It comes out of the great state of Florida, as do most wild stories. <laughs> Initially, when I came across this article, I had I thought to myself, this has to be Michaela. Did Michaela make a trip to Florida recently? You know I've been wanting to go. Uh, well, a grown woman apparently went back to high school to get a social media following, uh, and it reminded me of one of the greatest <laughs> lesser-known Drew Barrymore flicks of all time, Never Been Kissed. Hold it. Where are you going? To high school, because I'm a high school student. <laughs> I'm here with my fellow students. Hey, guys. Hi. I remember that scene okay. like it was yesterday. Hey, guys. Nobody even looks at her. She's playing Josie Grossi, an undercover detective, I believe, or something like that, to go back to school to bust up a crime ring or something, probably. Um, so <laughs> when I heard about this story, I was like, oh it's God, either I love it. A, uh, a sequel to the film, or Michaela went to Florida. <laughs> Well, turns out neither are true. A 28-year-old woman I love her. Uh, wanted to promote her Instagram page. She attempted to blend in with students at a Miami area high school, according to police, because the police got involved. So this took place Monday at American Senior High School. That's so good to me. Her name also is Audrey Franceschini. That's an Italian name, of course. Again, you're related. Wait, did you give an alibi or or an alias? This This is you giving an alias. Listen to me. I a thousand percent would do this. I literally am trying to keep it together on air because well, let's be clear what it's she did. so funny because to me. She's facing charges of burglary, <laughs> no, interfering with a school function, no. and resisting arrest without violence. Uh, so what she did, she goes to the school. She shows up on the campus around 8.30 in the morning, it's Monday iconic. morning. She had a black backpack on, carried a skateboard because that's what the cool kids do, right? Like that's just the weird, that's a weird choice. Yeah. She you're, was like, this tracks. Yeah, you're trying to blend my in. Skateboard. You're trying to blend in, so you carry a skateboard and a black backpack. Yeah. That's not yet. So, she's walking around campus through the hallways, recording herself on her cell phone, and security uh, tried to track her down uh, while students were in classrooms, and uh, apparently they found her. She said she was heading to the registration office. <laughs> And then never went to the registration <laughs> office. So they caught up with her again uh, and and tried to t- tried to lock it down. Right? Listen to she me. She evaded the police this again. Is- <laughs> you know how they found her? Later at home by following her on Instagram. She it worked. literally it worked. She created she got no, She created pamphlets that she was handing out. This is iconic. The fact that they had the audacity to arrest her for burglary. Who did she steal? People's hearts? Because she stole mine. Well, how weird is that I'm though? Obsessed like, with her. It, what a weirdo. First of all, it's not weird. Her lack of understanding of social media. <laughs> you printed out paper pamphlets 
this 1998? Listen to me. What's that going to do? She's a go-getter, okay? Everything has gone towards social media. People are making their incomes. The fact that they arrested her and then also they're charging her for resisting without violence. Without violence. She's not a predator. She just wants a social media following. And honestly, I'm so happy. I'm following her right now. Actually, I'm going to follow her right now. I tried to. Her account is private. Why? She's got followers. She has like a thousand followers. This is... She's got how many? 3,000 followers. Okay. Yeah, she, and she's about to have 3,001. 3, this is the most iconic story I've ever heard in my life. Okay, so here's the thing. This is wild. I bet you anything. Now that I think about this, I'm trying to wrap my brain around why paper pamphlets would make sense in a social media digital era. The QR code. Yes. I bet you anything because we've all she seen. She had a QR code. For, even for people who had no clue what a QR code was a year and a half ago, all of a sudden now because of the pandemic, um, I, I try to say older people, but she's younger than us. Um, but average people who don't pay attention to social media are learning what a QR code is. She probably printed them on the paper and said, hey, just scan this code and follow me on social Wait, media. What stop. a weirdo. I just went to follow her. <laughs> Wait. I swear to God, I'm obsessed with this person. It says, Audrey... Francis Queenie. And then the bio says, protect our children. Queens supporting queens. Do it for the kids. Wait, do we know this is and her? And then below, it says, posting explanation. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Can we please try to reach out to her? Michaela? I'm reaching out. I'm following Talk to her. her best friend. Yes. Queens supporting queens, honey. I've got you. Your fellow There's Italian. There's also a photo of her and her child. She has a full kid. Yeah, you guys, this all registers. Audrey is an icon. I swear to God, Audrey, I am not offended at all. This, I would bail her out. Is she still in jail? This Does is she need me? This is something you would, you know, bailing people out costs money, right? I would spend the last Patreon dollars that I had to get Audrey out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm creating a GoFundMe for Audrey. Are you kidding me? Like, I just want you to really quickly think about this. 28 years old. She says, what, wait, I need more what, social yeah. media followers. Wakes up one day. This brilliant idea was hatched somewhere <laughs> in her brain. Out. Pamphlets. She has to go to Kinko's. Kinko's. Okay. Like this, Who has a printer anymore? so many steps <laughs> before she got to the school. And there was never a point where she was like, hmm, maybe I should reconsider this plan. And then they were like, where are you going? And she's like, oh, to register To register myself. for classes. For home ec. And then she gets away. And she gets found at home because everybody followed her. <laughs> It was her own undoing. It was incredible. My semester in high school. Josie Geller, you enroll Friday. You are looking at the newest undercover reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. <laughs> You're kidding, right? Josie, this was a good movie. This was such a good movie, babe. Oh, I love it. Oh, it takes me back. I remember when this movie came out, uh, Drew Barrymore going back to high school as an undercover reporter. She was 17 years old, and her brother, I think, was David Arquette in the movie, and she was a nerd in high school. The biggest nerd. And she got to go back and sort of redo it. Uh, What if you could do that? I think about this sometimes because it's interesting how my formative years, junior high and high school, especially high school, still have a weird impact on me comes up in therapy more than it probably should. I have dreams about high school that are really weird and uncomfortable. I low-key hated high school, you know, and for many people, if they could redo high school, college, that that part of their life, they might do it, but I don't know if they would go quite this far. 
Uh, a Missouri mother is now facing jail time after admitting to stealing her estranged daughter's identity Lord. in order to secure student loans, enroll in college, and pursue her sexy co-ed fantasies. Now, this woman, her name is Lauren Oglesby, or Laura Oglesby. She's 48 years old. When she was 43, though, she stole her daughter's information, her daughter Lauren, and she lived as Lauren Hayes in college for two years. She moved in with- two. She moved she in with- She did this for two years? She for did two this years. for two years? No. She went to college. She had student loans. She had Pell Grants. She worked at the local library. She lived with a couple. She went to college at a Baptist university for two years and had boyfriends. <gasps> she had a full Snapchat account where she used filters and she went by the name Laura Hayes, her daughter, Lauren. And she Where was lived her this daughter? Life. Where was her daughter? Estranged. Oh. Your mother could be doing this right now. My mother's being me. Uh, my mother's very skinny, so I'd love if she was playing as me. Um, she literally got a social security card sent in the mail to her using her daughter's name. Fraud. Totally illegal. All, uh, here's the number one question for me. What skincare is this bitch using that has her going from she does, 43 okay, so to 22, she does not, honey? She does not look 22. That's what I'm... But I but, saw the photo. I was like, how would you not? Maybe but she, she definitely smoked. changed up the makeup, changed up her clothing. She went for very young style so she could look like she's 22. She looks haggard to me, but like I'm not trying to well, judge. Well, honey, but, upkeeping an entirely new identity that's not yours has to be exhausting. I'm sure the wrinkles set she in was at some point. posing as somebody half her age. I'm not tracking her. I'm not doing it this fine morning. The fact that she got away with this for two years. Two years. And you know she doesn't regret it. Listen, she may have to spend an eternity in prison, but she got to live out her college years as a 43-year-old. I... That's, okay, so that's where it does get a little bit dicey. You know, she's she's facing five years uh in person right now and over $17,000 in fines. She has to pay back the university. She has to pay back her daughter. But there's a part of me that, and we're not clear why her daughter and her, why they're estranged. We don't know exactly. Her mother wants to be 22. She said, get out of my life. I got to go back to college. That's part of it. Justin, I know you have a thought you're dying to share. I'm just thinking like, you know, if you're a 47 year old woman and you want to date college co-ed guys, you can just be a 47 year old woman. Yeah, they're down for it. Like they're down for it. You know, a, 20, but, a 21 year old's like, yeah, mom. Okay, let me say this. Let me just have my girls back for a second. You know, it's very difficult being a woman and it's difficult aging. And being a woman who's 43 years old is so different than a man being 43 years old. I'm not defending her. Oh, I'm, I'm coming into my prime. I'm 41. I hear you. And it's not like that for yeah. women. I mean, I literally have a Botox appointment. Yeah, you're falling today. apart in front of my eyes daily. But you can make that joke. And you can. You know what I'm saying? Uh, exactly. And I'll take it. I know. But those jokes are made to other women. Yep. And they're like, oh my God, my life is is falling yeah. apart. After being a mother, like we deal with our home hormones, we have all these things. And I, I feel like it's a very difficult thing for women to age. I'm not going to make the excuse. I mean, did she hurt or harm anybody? Maybe. I mean, I think she's kind of iconic and I feel sorry for her. I do like, too. I feel sorry for her to think that she needs to go to this extreme. To that length. But then on the flip side, like you're sleeping with 21, 22 year old men, and granted they're adults, but you're lying to them. You're 20 years older than them and not being honest with them. That part I have a problem with. I I agree. I totally agree. I cannot have her back on that. And also, I do defrauding think the it's government. Shady. I'm fine with that. Like yeah, whatever. Do who cares? that. Just don't lie to 21 year old boys. <laughs> yeah. However. I, they are of legal age. I mean, it's not like she's going to 16-year-olds. I, I, I'm I torn with this story. and I did It's not unethical, at worst. Yeah. But I don't know criminal. 
I don't Justin. know. She, she, got she, took out, she took out student loans in her daughter's she's name. She's paying them back. Okay, so that is one thing, though, that is really, well, she's paying it back because she got busted by the mm-hmm. feds, not because she had, like, a, a clear conscience one day and woke up. and Because I will tell you this. I I had a, my boyfriend all through college. Uh, his mother uh, took out, opened up credit cards in all of her kids' names and wiped out their with their credit completely and he was in college for i think two years at ohio state and all of a sudden he gets all this this tax bill for tens of thousands of dollars and he can no longer get student loans anymore he's like i've never taken out a credit card in my life what are you talking about they're like well you did turns out it was his mom so his choice was to give up college for the rest of his life or turn in his mom to the feds what'd he do he gave up college stop his mom had lupus I, she, she literally died in front of us. He left uh, her funeral to come to my graduation. From, I did get to graduate from college. He did not. Was she using the money to help with the lupus or she was doing it to be fraudulent? Like she was, she like, was doing it because space. she was kind of like a low educated, not like well off person who was, you know, very, very selfish. Like she was a young mother and a terrible mother. Yeah. But also she was their only mother. So you're not going to turn your mom into the feds. That's a hard thing to do when you're 20 some years old. Th- listen, a thousand. So they gave up their college dreams, and and so the, so uh, listen. People make choices for whatever reason they do. I don't like lying to kids and having sex with young men, even though they are of age. I think that is gross. But listen, this woman is obviously going through it. I mean, but also, how stupid are people or men? <laughs> To not see her body or see her and be like, right. this isn't a 21-year-old. Look year at old. the neck. Look at the hands. Yeah, like, and that's no Tino shade, baby. We we look, I look different age. than I looked at that Spe- age. Speaking as once a 21-year-old straight man, you don't pay attention to any of this. I know. That is, that is also probably very true. Okay, I like I to think. I hear that. I, I like to that. think, like, if I were into it, if I wanted to go, like, snag a 21-year-old man in college, I could still do it. But I feel like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I look so good. But and then they would be like, you're old, dude. But also, it's <laughs> different for men, again, because she had a baby. Like, those breasts have been breastfed. Like, she's got mommy belly. Like, all things that I think are beautiful, but, like, not a 21-year-old body. Yeah, 21-year-olds don't really have bodies yet, generally. Yeah, they're, they're like starting little minis. Fo- yeah. I did. Of course you did. Body. You're so weird. You want my body? No. Michaela, I have bad news for you. What? Or maybe it's good news. I don't know. You're a musician. Yep. You're a singer and a songwriter. Yes. You're basically like an older version of Taylor Swift. Thank you so much. Much, much, much older. Right. Little bit less known. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you're my star. Like you're Thank you, hu- honey. You're huge in the circles I run in. Yes, babe. But you're not very large because you don't let me have very many friends. But that's neither here nor there. I like it that way. So, when I tell you, now that you've been writing this music, you have an EP coming out, you've been working on it for so long, you have some really great hits on there, I'm sure. Haven't heard them yet because I don't want to, but I'm sure they're great. <laughs> no, I know, you, I, know, I know you've put your heart and soul into your music, right? And the, the writing sessions are very cathartic for you. You've written about your grandmother. You've written about Lisa, your relationship, uh, personal things, right? Yeah. Do you think a computer could do as good a job of writing songs for you as you could for yourself? It's so interesting to me, this whole world and this story that we're getting into. And it's a little bit frustrating, to be honest, because like you said, all of the things, even if you're not a songwriter, uh, even for our listeners, if you're a if you are into poetry or you just enjoy writing or you're an author, Mm. you know, if you're a writer at all, it is therapeutic in all forms. And most of the time it's coming from a place of pain or a place of joy. It's also art. It's art. Yeah. And so the idea of thinking, could a robot that has access to literally everything on how to make a number one hit, 
Yeah, I mean, a robot could probably write much better than I can. And could they convey the emotion? I guess so, because they also have the ability to do that to some capacity. Yeah. Um, well, well, let's actually give our listeners an example of what we're talking about. Uh, artificial intelligence is now able to bring back uh, musicians who we've lost and create brand new songs for them in their style. Take a listen to Drown in the Sun. This is using AI to bring back Kurt Cobain's musical style. See what you think. Okay, so that that takes me right back. Oh, you know right? exactly who you're listening to. Kurt Cobain to. died at 27, like so many other uh, you know members of the 27 Club. But let's listen to actually one of his actual hits, Lithium, I love and Lithium. see if you feel a major difference. I'm so happy because today. No, it's the same album. It would be on the same album. Be on the same album, different track. Okay, so uh, this next artist. Amy Winehouse, who I love, I adore. Also died at 27. Died at 27. And, and along I ha- with Janis Joplin, who I'm obsessed I'd with. I've never heard of the 27 Club. Oh, yeah. All the people, Amy Winehouse and Janis Joplin, I would say, are my two most influential. And like Billie Holiday. Those are like my top three that I'm obsessed musically. So Amy Winehouse, when she passed, you obviously are devastated because you're never going to get new music. I about died when I heard... That's a, weird way to techno- phrase, that's a weird way to phrase okay, that. Okay, that was... Uh, wow. Okay, you know what? Thinking back, rewinding is. that, <laughs> I would have used different verbiage. Okay, so shame on me. However, take a listen to what this computer was able to generate for Amy Winehouse. I have seen it all, but it doesn't show one bit. Mama never Really good. Creepy how good it is. It's also like a vibe of Lauren Hill. It's yeah. totally a vibe. Okay, now do we have an original Amy Winehouse track? Let's see if you can t- tell the difference. Same album. Same album. Wow. Now what's crazy is, so then let's go back to my point. I'm working really hard on making this EP. I'm trying to raise money, as all musicians do, mm-hmm. especially coming out of a pandemic. We're hoping that we can do live music again. Are we now not only in competition with other musicians, writers, singers, are we now in competition with computers well, that are making magic like that? Really fascinating. We talk about Andrew Yang all the time. He talked about the $1,000 universal basic income, right? And he was running for president. We all thought it was crazy. Automation is the future, it, we're here. It's all already happening. And so, what sort of life do we live? Because let's just let's just say, for instance, you don't have to go to a job anymore and work in a factory or do the nine to five thing. Right. What brings humans joy? Art and creating. What happens if you don't need to create anymore? Then what's left? That's interesting to me because, to be fair, you mentioned authors earlier. That already sort of this already sort of happens, but it's still a human writing the book. It's a ghostwriter. Right. Most people, most celebrity biographies or memoirs that you read, uh, not mine. I wrote every single word, yes. all seventy-two thousand words. But most people who write a book about their lives, they dictate stories to somebody, and then it's written for them, right? As right. if they'd written the entire thing. So that's still a human doing the work. What if AI takes over and these computers can do everything for us? 
It's, what's real, what's fake, that's where it gets a little bit weird for me. It's crazy. I, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays because I would listen to that music in a heartbeat. and Of course, also, and you put that song out, people are going to buy it. A thousand so percent. So then the trend starts, the snowball effect starts so are you, to happen. Yeah, so are you telling me my song about my grandma that I love is going to be replaced on the charts by a robot from a voice who's no longer even alive? But what if a robot wrote a song for you about your grandmother that was better than something you wrote. How weird know. would that be? It would be so weird. And also, I think it just takes away the art of songwriting. I, I feel like a robot can do it, of course. I hate this idea, actually. The more yeah. I'm saying it, I hate it. I hate I hate you, robot. Welcome back to the morning beat. You know, times are a-changing, and we love that here at Channel Q specifically because, you know, we are a diverse community and uh, th- that just wants to be loved and accepted by all. Yep. And we do our best to to lead by example. Uh, and we have a guest right now that I'm going to let Michaela introduce because this person is actually leading by example, and we are here for it, honey. Honey, I'm thrilled to death. So this summer, I uh, enrolled in some boxing classes. I wanted to be able to defend myself, plus it's a very good workout. Where I met our guest, she's an instructor at Rumble. She can beat your ass and still has a good one. Uh, And she literally is bringing representation like no other. As we know, Playboy has totally transformed its position. She's gone from boxing coach to Playboy centerfold. Please welcome to the morning show, Layla Leilani. Good morning. Thank you, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, AJ. Hi, Michaela. Good morning. Thank you for being here. First and foremost, what a gorgeous name. Now, I know uh, your family heritage is a bit of a mixed bag, but a beautiful one. Uh, Where where does your family, like, hail from? Well, it's funny, right? Because the Layla Leilani, like, people were always saying it sounded like a porn star name, and then now I'm with Playboy. So that's (laughs) (laughs) It kind of it kind of came full circle. Um, well, my so my dad is Middle Eastern. He was born in Iran, and um, so we're Persian. And he came to Hawaii of all places. Um, met my mom, and my mom is pretty mixed. She's Hawaiian, uh, Japanese, and she's Portuguese. So she's uh, well mixed. And then yeah, and then here here are me and my sister, <laughs> just all mixed up. I mean, like our holidays were great. We had so many you know diverse <laughs> types of food. Yeah, it was amazing. I love that. Yes. What do, what do you do this time of year? Like, how do you celebrate the holidays? What is a favorite tradition of yours? Um, favorite tradition? My grandparents live in Malibu. So uh, we go out there. Our grandparents are out there. We all just come there. My aunts will cook food. We have all different cuisines because of all that mix. And we just eat, 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 take a nap, eat. Um, yeah, and just spend time. I mean, it's Malibu, right? You just get away. Well, Layla, I'm so proud of you because not only are you inspiring so many women and men for that matter, you're also inspiring our bisexual community, which is often a letter left out so many times. Also bringing um, different representation when it comes to Playboy. Now, we know Cardi B took over as creative director, but you were just in Miami. So talk to us about how you went from boxing coach to now Playboy centerfold. Oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, well, yeah, having Cardi B first and foremost, I mean, in- incredible, right? Like her genius, her, like, she just walks to the beat of her own drum, right? So her leading the way is incredible because of the creativity. She infuses us with like this very modern twist to things. So we're excited for that. But like with, um, rumble to playboy, um, one of their directors, came kind of like your story wanted to learn how to uh, defend herself get back in shape all these things uh, we started training together and she was like have you ever thought about uh being a playboy 
And I was like, no, I, I never had actually. Um, and she's like, we're launching this new digital platform. It's about empowerment. It's about showing multiple facets of yourself and connecting with your fan base. Um, we think you would be perfect for this, this representation that you have. Uh, will you jump on? Next thing I know, I'm shooting photo shoots, doing this thing. And we are flying to Miami, uh, Art Basel week, and we are releasing Centerfold, that digital platform that she had alluded to uh, over a few months ago. Now we're ready to launch in January. That is so fantastic. Yeah. That, that is just yeah, wild. I've been noticing a bit of the relaunch taking place over at Playboy with the, with the new plane. And like uh, and, and also Playmates look very, very different than they looked yes. in the previous iteration. Right. What are right. you most excited about, about the inclusivity of, of the new Playboy? Um, the biggest thing I'm excited about is kind of like you said, the inclusivity. I like how people can see themselves, can identify with the founders. Like whether it be me um for our community or whether it be any of the other founders the notion that like you can see yourself in one of these one of these playmates and one of the bunnies one of the models that matters right because if people can see themselves in media in digital media in print then like i know that i matter i know that my lifestyle matters that my way of life matters and that's what it's about right so i'm excited for that because then people get excited to connect with you it's so fascinating so, because, yeah, yeah, we've seen like these legacy brands like Playboy, uh, mm -hmm. and the fact that they they seemed dead in the water a few years ago. Well, right? I mean, they got right. a, they took a lot of heat because yes. they were really sexualizing yeah. women for yes. so many years. Layla, how do you think that they've really gone on to taking their power back as a company and with the um, influencers that they've chosen to use for this digital campaign? That's a good question. That's a really good question. I think what they've done uh, this this quote that I saw was um, that centerfold is going to be the intersection of sex and culture. So it's never that we're shying away from sex, right? Like we all love sex and sex sells and like your sexuality matters. And we all know that we're not getting rid of it. We're celebrating it, but you're able to show facets of yourself that you're not just this object. You're not just hot. You're not just, you know, whatever term you want to use. Your sexuality is a part of you, but now we're showcasing all of the other talents that you have, all the things that you want to put on that digital platform. What makes you, you, right? Like for me, the warrior princess, I can go in there and box and kick ass and be a tomboy. I also very much have this feminine side of me that loves to put on makeup and get dressed up and do all these things. You can be all things at once. As long as you're being yourself, that's what's sexy. We don't have to hypersexualize you for you to be this sexy thing because you're you that's so you great know? you know we see brands like victoria's secret who've struggled to mm -hmm. get with the times and to figure yeah. things out while we see like rihanna and savage x fenty kind of kind of doing such a great job it looks like playboy is going the way of savage x fenty too and just being more inclusive and beautiful and awesome and i think that's really oh great so thank you so much yeah. for calling in we yes. appreciate you so you can follow Layla. and then and then we can we can all get on the plane too because you know they're releasing they relaunched the plane so I we're know. gonna have to do like we'll do a podcast uh, on the plane. I need to get on that plane. Oh my god, can we please get on the plane? Yes, <laughs> I love I'm, that. I'm gonna work on that for us. I yes. promise. Thank you, baby. But you can follow Layla at Layla Leilani, the Warrior Princess. You can either sign up for boxing classes and as she helps you defend yourself, also catch her in this incredible digital campaign that Playboy's put on. Seriously, congratulations! Thank you for the visibility you're bringing, and we're so proud of you. Here at Channel Q. Oh, thank you guys. Have a good rest of your day. Bye, AJ. Bye, Michaela. Bye, Stay honey. Safe. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. If you think you know about the 12 days of Christmas, we're going to ask you if you know about the 12 dates of Christmas because that's what's going on right now. And we have one of the stars of 12 dates of Christmas, uh, Pani Nalampoon, joining us right now. Uh, Pani, how are you? 
I'm good, y'all. Good morning. Happy. Good morning, Penny. Now, ha- I'm a hardcore lesbian, but I'm going to make this very clear if you have not seen the show. You are one beautiful human being. Gorgeous. <laughs> Y'all, you're so sweet. I love you. Thank you. Okay, so first and foremost, for our, for our listeners who don't know, uh, set up the premise for 12 Dates of Christmas on HBO Max. So three, um, we're, they're called lead, like lead daters, are thrust basically in this um, this lodge. Like season one was um, in this uh, the same Sunday Music Castle in Austria. But uh, this, my season, it was uh, Lake Tahoe. So these three lead daters are put in this this giant lodge. And it's kind of like group bachelor dating, but with like a Christmas, like Christmas filter. Which I love. Okay, so okay, that's so, so cute. So there's all sorts of queer representation on here. This is really fantastic. Uh, spoil, yeah. Spoiler alert: there is a plot twist. So if you haven't watched yet, maybe just uh, ignore what we're about to say. But during Twelve Dates of Christmas, this is interesting because you don't start off as one of the main three looking for love, correct? Correct. Yeah. So you're actually on the other side of this looking for love. And yeah. th- and then one of the main three, uh, midway through the series, Markel um, reveals something that I think a lot of us can relate to, uh, that he's still in love with his ex, Gregory. So, yeah. before we get to what happens next, when you hear that for the first time, uh, one, was there any inclination while this was going on from your perspective? You know, these reality shows and, and how these are filmed can be really interesting. Was there any inclination on your part? And, and then when you found out that he was, in fact, in love with his ex, what was your reaction? So they did an amazing job to keep that under the wraps. Like, I think literally the only people that knew that Markel was leaving was Markel and, like, maybe, like, two of the executive producers. Literally the other leads, cast, like, everyone had no idea. They really did a good job to, like, you know, make it as real as possible in terms of, like, the surprise and our reactions. Um, but, I mean, Markel's a good friend. I, I, I was, when he, I remember standing there as he's talking about, him being in love with his ex-boyfriend and the first thing i thought of y'all i was like oh shit. i was like gregory's about to pop out from like somewhere and like <laughs> join us in oh, this lodge god. i swear to god and then when that didn't happen and he was like he's like i have to leave i was like oh shit. there's a new lead that's going to pop out somewhere somewhere from like the woodwork or something and then then it wasn't and then when he like named me the lead it was literally like one of the like the biggest surprise of my life. I mean, you could just feel the love and the support. People were crying, clapping. Like the next day, I had like hammer crew and just crew come up to me and be like, "We were bawling back there." Like it was just Aww. it was it was like a really sentimental moment. I think that's so beautiful because sometimes what we see in these dating shows is it's just a lot of like boozing, hooking up in the hot tub, and then it's like over, no real connections. But you actually started to bond with these people. You had a really incredible bond with one person in particular. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So by the time I became the lead, um, I had three uh, three love interests come in the lodge for me. And uh, yeah, I went. Uh, the last one that came in was Winston, and he's gorgeous and funny and um and everything and uh i ended up taking him home with me to meet my friends and family and to new york for the new york uh the final new year's Eve episode spoilers if you don't listen um but yeah he, he, he's awesome he's, he's so cute he's great okay well let's talk about your friends and family because when you went to them and you're like hey i'm gonna go on this dating show and i'm gonna do it during the holidays might even bring one home what did your family and friends say so when I started this, when I started the whole like interview process and everything, I told my parents, "Hey, 
this is a possibility that I could come home with I, with camera crew and they were like, oh God, okay, we'll just like give us a heads up. And then when I realized, when I found out that I wasn't a lead, my mom was like, oh, thank God. She was like, I just, she was like, oh, you know, she was like, she was like, if anything were to happen, just let me know so I can like start my juice cleanse or something. And like, <laughs> Not a juice cleanse. I swear, I swear to God. And then the day, the day I called my mom from Tahoe, I was like, so remember what I said, like I, I wasn't bringing people home. Um, I am now. And my mom was like, what? And I told her I became the lead. And she was like, oh, God, I got to start my diet right now. Well, I want, <laughs> I'm curious to know. I love dating shows. So when you go from, if you're just now joining us, we're uh, sp- uh, speaking with Penny Nalampoon uh, from 12 Dates of Christmas on HBO Max, talking about the wild shakeup that took place mid-season where you went from one of the, the men in the dating pool to the lead man that those same men were trying to date. I want to know about that transition because how do you switch from a bunch of dudes that you're competing against to all of a sudden looking at some of them as potential dater daters for you. How do you wrap your brain around that? That's a great question, AJ. Yeah. So, I mean, up until that point, I mean, you're kind of in the lodge making buds, like, you know, fun time. And then, yeah, like, so by the time I became the lead, there were three love interests and they're already for me, but like two of them, John Paul and Tom, they had already became a couple. Mm. So Martin was the only one left. And up until I became the league, yeah, I, I didn't look him that way. So it was like I had to kind of rewire my brain to look at Martin through the lens of like a potential love interest. Well, it's also, a little, like, bit, it's also a little bit like insider trading. Like you had some info on these guys and you saw them when their guard was down and they weren't mm-hmm. necessarily trying to impress you. Then all of a sudden you're this person they're trying to win over. I will say, yeah. uh, look, I, I'm looking online. It looks like, were you, are you from Atlanta, Georgia? Is that where you're from originally? Yeah, I am. I will, I am, yeah. I, I will say this. My fiance, uh, we've been together a little over nine years. We're planning the wedding in June, uh, is born and raised in Atlanta. They breed some really, really good men. So hopefully you're one of those guys. Uh, is, is there is there love in the future? I don't know how far you can tell us in advance what's going on, if you can update us, but where does your love life stand currently? So, um, you know, Winston lives in D.C. I, I now, I was living in Atlanta, but I now live in Los Angeles. Um, and it, like, the distance has been very complicated. Um, we're we're still figuring it out to be honest but um he's i mean he's we're, we're very much still there for each other in each other's lives but oh, we're just we're kind of figuring it out that's real i love that yeah you know i think it's so funny back to that having to change it up and like them the biggest saying in the lesbian world is you either want to f them or fight them and mm. so that's how we look at all of our like when we're hunting we're like what do we want to do first and sometimes it really well, is and both. then the other saying is are we going to split the cost of u-haul or am i just going to pay for it on my own because you can't afford it that i mean there's the two sayings that jump saying, but as a gay out. man we appreciate you talking for lesbians i'm, I'm just kidding uh listen 12 dates of christmas is now streaming on hbo max thank you so much for joining us honey it's great to watch you on the show and we're so happy that you're Finding love uh, after the pandemic, which is like the most exciting thing to me. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for taking the time this morning to talk to me. Yeah, of honey, course. of Take course. Care. Tell me something good. Well, I've got some good news for you, Michaela, because uh, we may have just discovered the fountain of youth. No, now give it to me. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking from it. Well, apparently there's a pill. It could be on the horizon after scientists dramatically extended longevity in mice. 
You ready for this? Take the pill back. I don't so want in, it. Take in, the fountain. Of, take the water away from me. Injecting elderly rodents with a grape seed extract increased their remaining time by more than sixty percent. It also boosted overall lifespan by nine percent, equivalent to more than a decade. Wait, what? That's what? right. Say grapeseed oil? Mm-hmm. Well, according to author Dr. Yu Sun of the Chinese Academy of Sciences in Shanghai, the plant chemical has high potential as a clinical intervention to delay, alleviate, or prevent illnesses. Uh, apparently, uh, the flavonoid known as PCCI flushes out zombie or senescent cells that have stopped dividing. They accumulate naturally as we get older and release chemicals that cause inflammation, and the aging associated, associated functional decline of organs and increased risk for chronic disease is driven in part by their accumulation. So the thought process is uh, this grapeseed extract, this injection, will, will slow down that accumulation and could add as much as 10 years on our life expectancy. Not only would we live longer... We'd stay younger longer and be healthier longer. Live long and prosper. I love it. I, I love it. I feel like they already did this uh, in Death Becomes Her. It was oh, in a vial yes. and it cost a lot of money. And then honestly, they were alive forever and like were falling apart. Also, do you remember them writing a paper check for the viral? Yes. Or the vial, I mean? Yes. That's crazy. Paper checks. Who are they? Um. Okay. Well, listen, I know somebody who might like that grapeseed oil. Uh, this story is amazing. Paul Webb called an Uber to take him to a nearby Verizon store to get his phone fixed in March 2020. Now, Jenny uh, picked up the 88-year-old man. Okay, so Paul's 88. He was just trying to go to the Verizon store. She picks him up in her gray Toyota at his home in Columbus, Ohio, where Wait, he lives what? alone. I thought I knew him. Yes, and from no, the I start, don't. she says they really connected. She said that... Uh, uh, he said about her, she was very personable, easy to talk to, and Webb was diagnosed with dementia several years ago mm. and has been able to drive, unable to drive since having the stroke in 2017. But the 52-year-old driver said she could tell how lonely Webb was. She said, I had a feeling that he needed help. I told him I live nearby his house, so I said, from now on, when you need a ride, just call me and I'll take care of you. And then he trusted her so much. Uh, Webb took her up on her offer. She began driving him to do various errands. And then she began stopping by just to check on him. And eventually the pair began going to eat together every day. Uh... She drives her Uber in her spare time to earn additional money to send to an orphanage in Ethiopia, her home country, from where she immigrated two decades ago. Um, but she said she's quit her full-time job to become his caregiver. And That's wild. this woman sounds like a saint. Like she drives Uber to give to an orphanage in Ethiopia and then also takes care of this 88-year-old man who has dementia. Like, well, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. There's good people there. Yeah. Nina West and now this woman. She's perfect. I think that's so sweet. So cool. How incredible. Well, that's a great way to go into the weekend. Tell me something good is sponsored by McDonald's. Tis the season to treat yourself and drink up the holiday joy. Now get a small peppermint mocha hot or ice for only $2. Prices and participation may vary. As always, thank you. We have a great show for you next week as well. Please, please make sure to take the extra precautions. Wash your hands. Wear your masks. Stay inside if you can. Stay safe. And we'll see you next week. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. 
podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? Nerd Wallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 